You are listening to the Lucha Central Podcast Network. And now, WrestleBot with Bobby Chulo. Gotta love that Denise Salcedo. For the people listening to us, you're here. You're at WrestleBoss live with Fabi Chulo. Make sure you check us out every Tuesday from 7 to 8.30. Got a slamming show today, but on the line with us right now, going to hang out with me once again, Nicolette Marie. Nicolette Marie, how are you? Hey, Fabi, I'm doing well. Last time, unfortunately, I was muted in the beginning. Um, I want to say congratulations <laughs> on your show, and I love the opening as well. I've been doing great, just super busy. I know you've known what I've been doing these past three days, and we can talk about it a little bit later, but I'm awesome, and thanks for having me on your show. Absolutely, but what you've been most busy with is the uh, merchandise. I mean, been punching out buttons and shirts and all kinds of stuff. You know, unfortunately, we had a big show scheduled for uh, this this weekend. No, last weekend, Saturday. But since this coronavirus hit, we weren't able to do it because you were going to be uh, teaming with high risk against Julio yeah. Rodriguez. Yeah, and and that's been pushed back to. They're hoping the end of August for United Wrestling Council, but now we have no idea when that's going to be because uh, of this stupid COVID virus starting up all over again. They closed the gyms down and all that, so that sucks. But we'll, we'll get through it. But anyways, great show coming up. I got Lucha. I got Lucha. I was going to say Lucha homies because I was watching that video that you posted, but Little Cholo's coming on, who I've known for probably, I would say close to 20 years. I mean, back in the WPW days when I was working for Martin Marin and Little Cholo was just a little Cholo. He's a grown Cholo. And <laughs> we, we just used to have so much fun. So, and it's funny because when I get him on the air, I got to tell him because we were in South Central L.A. doing the show. And some Cholos were, were out there. They, they see Little Cholo and they go, hey, where are you from? Or whatever. He goes, uh, Newport Beach. <laughs> what? Because we'll, we'll delve a little more on that because Martin used to have a, a huge house in, in Newport Beach with two big Rottweilers and uh, we used to go over there after the matches and eat and man, they would they would make full-blown dinners. I mean like pot roast and potatoes and vegetables. I mean it was awesome. Didn't get paid much, but hey, we, we, got, we got taken care of very well. So got him coming up in about 10 minutes. I'm going to talk to him about that, talk to him a little bit about working for DJ Vols. He had a good match out there. And also, Nicolette Marie, uh, when I saw that you posted from last year's Lucha Expo, I talk a lot about good dance partners. And when I saw that they were going to be wrestling Phoenix Star and Zokery, I said, man, yeah. that, that's, yeah. going to, that's going to be a match because those guys can go. And not – to put, I'm not putting any other matches down. I'm not not just because he's coming on the air with us, but I would say I was going to say that was probably the best match of the of the expo because it was high flying, it was hard hitting, and and I talk a lot about you know dance partners when you put them up against those guys. That that match was pretty slamming. Do you do you remember that at all, Nicolette Marie? I think that that match for Lucha Expo was the definition of Lucha. That was not American. That was not uh, rookies. That was um, Lucha for sure. Yeah, a lot of high flying, a lot of a lot yeah. of moves, and and they started off with a little hold to hold and worked it really well. And it's, you know, it's weird because a lot of people put up Phoenix Star and Zokery because uh, the training at Santino Brothers has slowed down. They do Tuesday nights. They they train the luchas over there, and everybody was saying, "Well, I wonder why those guys never got signed." And I thought about that too. I don't, you know, they. I could easily see them working like in PWG and then getting noticed and maybe going out to, to Japan or something like that. Or even, I don't, I, I talked to Phoenix star and I don't know if he actually even wanted to go to Mexico to go work out there. He was a little more content out here. I'm pretty sure they want to go to Japan, but maybe we can get them on here 
and, and yeah, talk a little bit about this. I, I think they would fit perfectly into like an AEW. Or, I mean, if they put them up against the Lucha Brothers, I think that would bring the house down. What do you think? Oh, I could totally agree with that, yes. Yeah, so uh, Cody Rhodes, Young Bucks, bring in the Lucha Brothers. Bring them in for Make a one-shot if you, yeah, if you like them. Or I'll tell you what, on AEW Dark, if you don't want to spend the money, send them over there to the Buck, uh, Young Bucks house, put them up against High Risk, and uh, I uh, think from that that match alone, that'll put them on the map, and they'll say, you know what, let's let's bring them down. So I want to talk a little bit more about that too, about AEW, which is coming up tomorrow. But at about the 45-minute mark, you know, we get we got to get our MMA fix. Chris Brown will be coming up. Um, I know him personally from back when I was doing the, the announcing for King of the Cage, and he worked at the airport in Albuquerque for Southwest Air, Southwest Airlines. So I used to travel a lot with the cameraman. He knew we used to have to take all the camera equipment, and sometimes they'd have a brand-new tarp for King of the Cage, so I'd have to rent a 12-passenger van. And, you know, we'd have to leave sometimes 3, 4 o'clock in the morning to get – that stuff on the plane by six o'clock in the morning. So uh, he was sometimes didn't really, you have to drive in the snow, Fabi? That was that was one in Minneapolis when I had to go. To, oh. was, I'm gonna have to get some of those guys on this show so we could talk about that because I'm I'm from California, man. That that first time I got caught in that snowstorm, I had Cecil Peoples who was probably uh, getting close to seventy, and he had oh. the heater on full blast, so I was dying. And I had Antonio McKee, Jesse Juarez, and a couple of the cameramen with me. We were driving. It was about a two-hour drive from the Indian Reservation to the airport in, in Minneapolis, and I was scared to death. I didn't think we were going to make it. And then if your plane gets snowed in, that's it. You're stuck at the airport. Right. But luckily, yeah, we, we made it out of there. So we'll talk about that. And we'll talk to Chris Brown about uh, you know, his fight at King of the Cage uh, when they actually told me to tell John Jones to put his camera away, which I don't know what made them think I was going to be able to stop him. And then we'll talk was this to him John about Bones Jones. This is John Bones Jones, and he's sitting with Diego oh Sanchez God. and somebody else. I can't. Remember. I'll, I'll say, I'll save that story for when he comes on, because he was okay. fighting that. He was fighting on the King of the Cage card that I was announcing over there. So we'll talk all about that when when he gets on, because it was it was rather interesting. But so he's coming up at the forty five minute mark, and then we got Little Cholo coming up at seven fifteen. But I, you know, I wanted to talk to you, uh, Nicolette Marie, about AEW because for the people listening to us, I'm not I really liked NXT when it first started. I mean, I thought dudes like Adam Cole and guys like that. And then when they brought El Hijo de Fantasma into the mix, I'm like, dude, you know, Garza was there. I was like, now nah, they're, they're, they're showing some stuff. And it just kind of fizzled out, man. I mean, it just, I, I don't know if it's because there's no crowd or whatever to hype them up, but it just, it's just really hard to watch. So of course, you AEW, know what I thought was really good that was on the WWE network was when they did a breaking ground and that showed them like going to developmental and you can right. see the people like Apollo Crews was so like hungry for it. And right. uh, he was in it. And I think Bailey, they showed them at the time and they showed them like carrying in like the ring and putting together the ring. Exactly. And it, Which it, is it the way really it should cool, be like that behind the scenes. Yeah. And, and I think that like developmental part right there, like the before was so cool to watch and to see. I agree with that too. Before they got to like the big time, the pyro and everything. At, yeah. Uh, the before, and, yeah. And Bailey, Sasha Banks and Charlotte Flair, they were putting on five-star matches. I mean, they were, oh, I, right. I don't know if, the, if, if you lose, a little bit of that hunger once you make it to the big show. I don't know if they have specific incentives that they could give them, which they should to make more money. They shouldn't just say, hey, here's a contract for X amount of dollars. There's really no incentive. I mean, if you, it should be like if your merchandise sells this much or you're, you know, they can gauge your popularity and, you know, people are paying to see, but I think you just get a contract 
that gives you X amount of money and that's it. So it's like, well, if I, if I do well, who cares? I'm, I'm not getting paid or whatever. But uh-huh. I mean, I don't know if they lose a little bit of that hunger or when they get to the big show, it changes, you know, and I had a big rant on, on a, you know, on a different show about Randy Orton, because I just, I, I gotta be honest, man. I didn't like the fact that they used him like he's so great. And he throttles Garza and tells him, "You better get yourself together." And I'm and I thought, man, they they don't need that. They they don't need Randy Orton to throttle Garza and to uh, tell Andrade he needs to pick up the pace or whatever. Those guys have more talent than Randy Orton will ever have ever. And shame well, on. Know, Go ahead. You know, too, Fabi, how you're saying that at one point you kind of like lose like that hunger for it to not work so hard right. for it. It seems to me, too, like Randy Orton has that um, platform that, like, he's kind of like one of the faces of WWE. Like, you go to Party City, and it's Randy Orton, John Cena, and sometimes Rey Mysterio. And it's like, that's what's always out on all, like, the merchandise. Like, they're the WWE face. So it's like, maybe, you know, he probably has that attitude, like, well, I'm always going to sell, so I'll just do it. Yeah, I'm the man. Yeah, Yeah. something. But it just, it just, they, and especially with the times that we're living in now, I just I don't like it. I don't I don't think that they need to write something in that where Randy Orton's going to come and save the day for everybody. You put Garza and Andrade against Apollo Cruz and Ricochet, and they will tear that house down. Or you put a yeah. six man, you put or or put an eight man with with Andrade, um, Garza, uh, como se llama este? The guys that are on SmackDown, Grand Metalik and Lince Dorado. Oh yes, uh, uh, Lucha House yeah. Party, right? Dude, against Apollo Crews, Ricochet, and and the, those other I can't remember the other Moranitos name. Those guys will, will bring the house down. I don't know why they don't make some matchups like that, or even Nakamura because he can go lucha. They can they can put matches that would ease, especially now that they don't have uh, an audience or a crowd. They could put on some matches that would really bring the house down or whatever. I just don't think that's the ticket for Randy Orton to be the big, you know, go-to guy that, oh, he's going to make right. sure that they get it together or whatever. I just I just didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. So, And if that's what they have to do, to, they think that that's what they have to do to get over, I mean, that's on them. I think they have enough talent. If they would mix it right, it would be fine. But even, even when the... Um, Grand Metalik and Lince Dorado wrestled the New Day. I mean, and I talk about good dance partners all the time. They put on a show. I mean, even though it was the New Day, I think they had to up their game. And we're, even, you know, real quick, because we've got to get to Little Cholo, I want to talk about that a little bit later, too. Even, I think, Orange Cassidy, when he wrestled Chris Jericho, he kind of made, not, not that, you know, Orange Cassidy is, this great guy or whatever, but he kind right. of seemed like he made Chris Jericho up his game. Like he had to like really be on point because Orange Cassidy was, was, was hitting him with some moves and, you know, Chris Jericho had to be there. I thought that match was the best match of that, of that so-called like pay-per-view or whatever. Oh, the they fighter were fest. Yeah. Fighter fest. I Even thought that match. Bobby going, going back to the new day. I mean, to me, they got over with throwing pancakes out to the audience. <laughs> you know, they didn't have to get over with curse words or with going through tables or barbed wire, you know, like that was something so simple and like so it attracted like everybody, young kids, you know, people my age, you know, I've saw men out there wearing their T shirts. It was just something so simple to get over with the crowd. Well, let me tell you something. When we went to that house show and, and it was right when they had signed AJ Styles and he um made a surprise appearance. We were there. It was just a house show, you know, so you you have quite a few people or whatever. But when they hit his, they didn't know he was going to be there. They hit his music. Man, I have never heard a, a crowd pop that big for just that little organ at the beginning. And people huh. just went nuts. I was like, yeah. wow, this guy, 
And it seems like even him, you know, he's kind of even fizzled out a little bit or whatever. It's just like, man, I don't, I don't know what it is. It could be too, you know, God bless them. They're trying with this, with this audience and not having, you know, no crowd or whatever. I think with the talent they have, they could do it, but it's just, and Orange Cassidy against Chris Jericho to me was one that was, you know, surprised me. I mean, Orange Cassidy really, it seems like he kind of made Chris Jericho up his game, which made for a good match. So I think that's the key. You put X, like you would never expect to see Lince Dorado and Grand Metalik against Cesaro and Nakamura. And those are four good workers. I mean, I would, right. it's, it's like, it's like when we had Joseph uh, on the show, Joseph from PCW, I, I mentioned, I said, man, I would like to see War Beast against somebody like Damien and, and uh, Bestia. And he booked it. And I was oh, like, you know what? Right, I guess. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna pay money to see that just for the like the interest fact or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it was it was just a straight, a straight brawl, but it was still was very interesting. Just it's it's just an interesting matchup that people will want to see. So, anyways, we're gonna talk a little bit more about that. I got a little okay. cholo coming up um, just in a few minutes, but before we get to all that. I get to talking about Little Cholo and talking about Lucha Expo and all that. Denise Salcido always has all the updates and everything on Lucha Sandro. So let's see what she's got. We'll be right back with Little Cholo. Hey, everyone. It's Denise Salcedo here in Lucha Central Central with a look at all of the great shows available this week on the Lucha Central Podcast Network. Monday, it's a brand new mass cast with Dos Hermanos Lucha. The brothers are back with their latest advice on how to build the ultimate Lucha Libre math collection, including what Facebook groups can really help you up your game. Tuesday, it's Math, Math, and Mayhem, the show that brings you back into and behind the scenes of Lucha Underground. This week on the show, more behind-the-scenes secrets are revealed from two of the show's day one luchadores. Plus... The gang discusses the current success of former Lucha Underground stars, Karrion Cross and El Hijo del Fantasma, and takes a look back at Season 1, Episode 6. Plus, this Friday, look for a bonus episode of the MMM show focused on Pride Month, including a special interview with former Lucha Underground and current AEW star, Sunny Kiss. Also on Tuesday... Brand new series, Wrestle Boss with Favi Chulo, debuts on its regular night with a live call-in show covering pro wrestling and MMA from 7 to 8.30 p.m. Pacific. Then, each Wednesday, the show will be available for download on podcast platforms. The first episode is up now and features interviews with former CMLL, Ring of Honor, and Lucha Underground star Ricky Reyes, Bellator fighter Rick Hahn, and Combate America SVP Mike Aframowitz. This week's guests will include former XPW and Wrestling Society X star and current owner and operator of the Santino Brothers Wrestling Academy, Joey Chaos. With SPW graduates in nearly every major promotion at this point, there is a lot to talk about. Don't miss WrestleBoss Live on Tuesday night and in podcast format on Wednesday. We've also got more live recordings for you on Wednesday as Spanish series La Mesa de los Margaros brings you their unique style of news and comedy along with special guests. Watch as they record their episode on Facebook Live and then download the episode Thursdays. Also on Thursday, it's Straight Out of the Bodega with Papo Esco with special guests PWR Training Academy graduate and AEW star Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Papo and Gabe talk with Jack about his training at the Academy, his time in the NorCal indie scene, and 
and his signing with AEW. On Friday, we've got the number one Lucha Libre show on the U.S. charts, Lucha Central Weekly, and the number one show wrestling-related, period, on the Mexico iTunes wrestling charts, Lucha Central Weekly and Español. With Lucha Libre slowly returning to Mexico and shows this past weekend from both DTU and IWRG, plus luchadores all over WWE programming these days, we've got two packed shows for you. Be sure to subscribe and follow all of your favorite Lucha Central Network series on your favorite podcast platforms. And please be sure to give a rating and review to help more fans find the shows that you love. For now, this is Denise Salcedo signing off from Lucha Central Central. Have a great week. That's what I'm talking about, all those Lucha Central shows. As you heard, Nicolette Marie, uh, Lucha Central en Español, number one Lucha Libre-related talk show going on right now. So props to them for doing it. But, hey, you know, the Luchas are so hot, you know, especially right now with with this COVID and everything, it's kind of hard to – talk about what's going on or what the future, because we don't know what the future is. Right. So props, props to them, but let's get little Cholo on the line right here. So we can talk a little bit about, uh, it's funny because so many people want to know about Lucha Underground, what's happening with, with that, but it's Me just, too. I, don't, I don't think they're going to come back, man. I think that's it. Okay. We'll find out right now. Yeah. Hey, Cholito, can you hear me? I saw can you hear him, Nicolette Marie? It sounds like somebody saw him wood back there. Or maybe he's sharpening a pencil. <laughs> Can you hear me? He, he, yeah, I see him right here. Hold on. Let's try him again. Uh, hold on a second here. Uh, it sounded like uh, he was in the middle of working for, what do you, what's it called? SoCal Edison. Hey, Cholito, kids. Fabiano, can you? Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, maybe you called his fax, Fabi. That's the number he gave me. Hold on. This is this is what we're gonna do, okay? Which is good because this this will help, and then everybody can can get the number also. So I'm gonna okay. hit this. Hold on a second. I'm gonna give him the the. Call-in number, so I'm going to put here, call-in number. Okay. No, and he just texted me, too. Hey, uh, do you need me to call you? So maybe he knows something we don't. So it's 323, and it's 870-3387. Okay, so I'm going to send him that number. Uh, Jim Stranger, uh, a local uh, wrestler from over here, was asking me for the number. So hopefully if you're listening, you can check it out. It's Three two three eight seven zero three three eight seven. If you want to call in and find out what's happening with Little Cholo or talk a little bit about what we were kind of expanding on in that first part. Anyways, hopefully he'll call in right now. Um, if he doesn't call in, I want to talk a little bit more about AEW because I'm kind of, you know, usually Nicolette Marie, I'm looking forward to AEW, NXT, especially on Wednesday, but now they have a little bit of competition because the UFC, since they're on Fight Island, is trying to 
do as many shows as possible since they paid so much money for this fight island. So they're going to have a Wednesday show, which is going to be slamming. So not, yeah. So not only do you have UFC tomorrow night, you have AEW, and then you also have NXT. I, I forgive me because I don't know the lineup, but one of the shows that I'm looking, for, one of the matches that I'm looking forward to the most is Cody Rhodes. Versus okay. what's 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 the person's name actually that escapes me right now? Oh, this is uh, is it? It's not Sony Kiss. Is is it Exolicious or is it Sony Kiss? Sony Kiss. Okay. I think I think uh, he wrestles as Sony Kiss uh, out there. Now, for the people listeners, I know you've seen vignettes or little bits and pieces of of uh, Sony Kiss on AEW, but let me tell you, man, he can work. I mean, we I wrestled a show in EWF, and I was all messed up. I was like two three weeks away from hip surgery and. You know, I went to go out there to work to wrestle against Guyam, and I saw Sony Kiss, and I was like, "Wow, this is an exotico to the extreme." But then, man, put on a show over there, and I was like, honestly, when we were in the back, I was like, "You know what? You you got something here." Hold on a second, Ch- little Cholo's calling my cell phone instead of, <laughs> instead of the. So I'll tell everybody a really quick story about Cholo, if that's okay, Fabi. Go for it. Go for it. Um, so give me a chance Bobby to text I... him. Okay, perfect. When Fabi and I went to the first Lucha Expo, which was in Las Vegas, um, I read on, I believe it was Mariachi's Instagram, uh, Mariachi said, I'm going to be there. Uh, he gave the time. He said, stop by my stand, and if you purchase a T-shirt, um, you can take it to Peter Bregan, and uh, he will draw up a wrestling emoji of you. Uh, at the time, oh, yeah. Peter Bregan was doing emojis of um, Marty the Moth, um, Johnny Mundo, all these people, right? So um, Fabi and I left at like 7 in the morning. We split the drive, uh, got there. We were late a little bit. And I ran up to Mariachi's stand, and I was like, hey, I'm here to purchase a T-shirt. And then Cholo was like, Fabi, how did you raise her? She's not buying any of my merch. And I was like, no, but I wanted to buy his because he was giving like something free with it, you know. So Fabi, at the end of the show, make sure you buy me a Cholo shirt, okay? Absolutely. He he was he, – I don't, I don't want to say it was, was it strong style that he was with. Uh, no, um, Cholo is sponsored by I believe Slick and Nasty Clothing. Yeah, but back, I think back then it was strong style, and then now he moved over to Slick and Nasty. Oh, I what, think you whatever, might be right. Whatever that is, but <laughs> anyways, he he did have. Okay, first of all, he had some merch, but nobody I have never seen more merch than on the last Lucha Expo with uh, Bobby Lee. It's funny because Fletch Fugaz knows Bobby Lee or whatever, so he so he told me he said, "Hey, when you see when you see Bobby Lee, makes sure, hey Cholo, can you hear me? You know what? That's got to be his phone because he called in, and now we still got the electricity on there. Can you can you hear me now? Hey, no. yeah, can you? Were you, were you working for SoCal Edison? No, no, no. I, I have my earpiece on, but I guess you can't hear me. Hold on a second. Oh, on. now I hear you. We hear you perfect now. Hello? Can you hear me now? Yeah, much better. Real quick for the people listeners, you're here. You're at WrestleBoss live with Fabi Chulo. Got Nicolette Marie on the line, and, and now on the line with us. Somebody we've been trying to get on for quite a while, but even through this whole COVID-19 and whatever, he's still been super busy. Little Cholo. Little Cholo, how are you, my friend? Hey, what up, man? How are you? <laughs> we're, we're just It's funny because we we're just talking about the Lucha Expo and we we're talking about you at the Lucha Expo. So there's a, there's a ton of stuff I want to talk to you about. But real quick, before we get into that, we were talking in the opening, Nicolette Marie and I, about 
back in the day when we were wrestling for for Martin and we were wrestling for WPW. And I mean, you you were probably I'm gonna say 16 by now. And we were doing a show out in South Central LA, and these cholos come up and they they, they go they see you and they go hey what's up man you go what's up and they go where are you from and you go Newport <laughs> Beach <laughs> and they go. What? <laughs> we were laughing because yeah. that's where Martin, where, where you guys all lived, and it was Newport Beach. But we were talking a little bit about how, you know, back then it was. That's why we had so much fun because we would wrestle, but then we would go back to Martin's house, and they would make food like full blown meals with pot roast and and all kinds of stuff. And I was saying we didn't make much money, but we always got taken care of. You know? Yeah, you know what? Uh, I I, re- I kind of remember that date, but uh. It was actually, you know, they had asked where it was from. I said Orange County. Uh, uh-huh. I, I never lived in Huntington Beach. Martin never did, but he was in, he was in Costa Mesa with, with myself. Yeah. But um, yeah, I do I do remember those times, and they they were pretty dope. But that big house that he had with the two big Rottweilers, that was that was Huntington yes. Beach, you know? Yeah, that's no, that's Costa Mesa. It wasn't well. It must have been borderline. I don't know. I was just driving forever on the four hundred five, but I just I just <laughs> remember that place. But like like we said, I think that's why you know little Cholo became such a good wrestler because it was like from from the beginning. I mean, he was always with us, always working, always training. We all hung out together. We all ate together, traveled together, and it's it's just that's what made it blossom into what you are today. So. I got to tell you, man, once, you know, I try to advertise it as soon as possible so that people know when you're coming on. And then I just start getting inundated with emails and messages and all that. But for some reason, the people don't want to let the Lucha Underground go. Maybe because I had Ricky Reyes on and, and uh, Ricky Mandel. But they kept saying it sucks that they didn't do it last season because uh, they want to close you with the show. Now, to me, you can expand on that. But I'm going to tell you just strictly for me what I thought was the best was when you guys started wearing the suits and, and came out with Blue Demon. For some reason, I liked that. I thought that was cool, and I thought that worked. First of all, who came up with that idea? And then tell me what kind of made that fade out into into the other gimmicks. Uh, well, you know, that was kind of like a, just a little special event thing as far as with the suits because, uh, you know, we were only we were only going to be with Blue Demon uh, a few episodes, and uh, uh-huh. it only lasted uh, really two so, um, you know, it was just like a little special event thing going into Ultima Lucha. So, um, you know, that was like our uh, quote-unquote WrestleMania uh, in Lucha Underground. So um, that was that was how that came up. But, um, you know, uh, it, the, the, that, whole, that whole scenario was pretty cool because, um, you know, getting able to work with, with Blue Demon was pretty cool. Uh, I don't yeah. get to work with him very often, but um, when we did, it was, it, it was definitely cool. Yeah, I, I think they should have ran with it. I think it would have been pretty cool if they would have made a little a little storyline with it and, and just kept it going. But so anyways, so when we get towards the end, do they do they take you guys to a meeting, say, Hey look man, we, we don't know if this is gonna be the last season or not, but this is what's happening. Do they kinda of just send you an email or whatever to let you know that everything's over? Or how did how how was it the last day on Lucha Underground? Uh well, as far as I know, uh they didn't tell me anything. They just said, we'll see you soon. And that, and that was pretty much it. Um, yeah. Other than that, I, until this day, I, I haven't received an email since. So, you know, uh, I'm just waiting like everybody else. Yeah, that's same thing Ricky uh, Reyes and Ricky Mandel and all them said. But they said the same thing. It would have been nice to have a last season just so that everything could have had closure. You know, they would have sh- kind of shown what happened to everybody and all that. And I think they should because I, whenever I had you guys on, 
I get emails and messages saying that, that they want that too. So we look, we would look forward to that. I mean, that would be cool if they would do that. But anyway, so you guys moved on from there. I want to talk a little bit about Lucha, um, about the two Lucha Expos, both of them, because the one in Vegas, you know, I actually had you on my other show over there, live interview. And then the second one that was in San Diego, we talk about dance partners. And I thought the match against the, the Phoenix Star and Zofri was, was super awesome. So I want to talk about that. Can you hang on the line for just, a, just one minute, little Cholo? Yeah, of course. Okay, we'll be right back in just two minutes. Hang on. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. If you're listening to this and you haven't visited LuchaCentral.com, it's time to do it. LuchaCentral.com is the online home for Lucha Libre, where you can get all of the top news in English and in Spanish. Find the best curated video content and original content not seen anywhere else. Find when Lucha Libre events would be happening in your area. Find photo galleries from top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world. From weekly polls to annual awards. Seen and read by top executives in all of the major Lucha Libre promotions across the globe. And on top of that, it's free. LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. You are listening to the Lucha Central Podcast Network. And now, WrestleBot with Bobby Chulo. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Kicking it with Little Cholo and, of course, Nicolette Marie hanging with me. Little Cholo, I got to tell you, man, the, the two Lucha Expos that, that, that happened, unfortunately, with this COVID, we went, it was going to be in Philadelphia, and they had to, you know, cancel it or postpone it till next year because of all this. But the first one was pretty cool because everybody was kind of getting, you know, it was the first one. Everybody was getting acclimated. They had some some cool matches. You guys got to, to do a few matches, which was really cool. But the second one, I got to tell you, man, and we were talking about this in the open, Nicolette Marie and I, you know, we talk about good dance partners. When you, when I heard, where I, I saw, for the people listening to us, when they get there, they get there kind of early. They got to set up their table so they can sell their merch and all that. First of all, Jessica, uh, or Nicolette Marie, can you tell Little Cholo about Mariachi Loco and the coffee? Sure. Cholo, first off, I want to tell you hello, and I want to tell you... Speak right into the mic, Nicolette. Of, oh, sorry. Um, Cholo, I want to tell you hi, first off. I haven't seen you in like a super hey, long time. Hey, how are you? And uh, when you were talking about Orange County, that that was your home, that was the um, video that I posted of you when I heard you were going to be on here. I went to go see you wrestle for Orange County Championship Wrestling. You were wrestling Amazing Junior. And I happened to just get that moment on clip when you won the match and you were like, I got to wrestle in front of Mi Familia in Orange County. Yeah, that's that's so dope. I don't, I usually don't get the opportunity to wrestle very much at home, you know, uh, in Orange County uh, that much, so... Uh, when I had the chance to, I, I really love to perform definitely in front of my familia and, you know, you know, the fans from around here. Yeah, and it was a very good match. Unfortunately, Fabi didn't get to see it, but I have it on video, so I will show it to him after this show. Um, but, yeah, we remember you guys were downstairs, and you guys had uh, Fred Gabriel at your table. You had um, Mariachi, and there was a third person. I know Amazing Junior came to come visit you and his brother, OG Playboy. And I don't know if you were a part of it, too, but uh, everybody sent Fred to go get coffee from McDonald's. And so Fred walked, and Fred carried it back, and we see Mariachi get his coffee, and he looks at Fred, and he goes, too sweet. 
And Fred looks back at him, and Fred's like, okay. And then I'm, like, looking down, like, Father, like, he won't let it go. He's like, too sweet, man. And I just, like, turned around because I'm like, I'm going to start laughing, and they're going to see me. So I don't even know. Can you tell us more about, like, what happened with the coffee run? Was it Fred's fault? Was it McDonald's fault? She was, like, yelling at him across the yeah. it's too sweet it's too sweet and Fred's like well, what do you want me to do and Cholo was just like right in the middle <laughs> So, but he ended up drinking the coffee yeah. anyway you know little Cholo yeah, you know you know <laughs> you know, Mariachi, he's a he's a he's a character, man. You see, you got you got you got good, kind people like Fred Gabriel, who wanted to go out there and get him coffee. You know, do him a favor. And uh, what does he do? You know, he just he he complains. He complains about everything, uh, and that's pretty much why our uh, our our tag team uh, is not like any other. You know, um, yeah. we have that that we have that love hate relationship. He loves me, and I hate him. You know, so. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know that's 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 what the lucha homies are, and um, yeah. it, it in the end it works out uh, sometimes, uh, not all the time, but you know most of the time. Uh, well, but you know Mariachi is a, he's a character for sure. Cholo, speaking of Mariachi needing drinks, um, I noticed that you guys put a little clip up on your Instagrams about um, he needed uh, what was it, electrolytes, and you guys did something with Hoover uh, food. Yeah, he, he he said that he he was tired of drinking water. So I was like, well, why not drink something with electrolytes? And he didn't he didn't know what that was. So I'm like, how about some juice? And he's like, oh, whatever, just bring me whatever. So I bought him the juice, and which happened to be moving to Guerrero. <laughs> did it, did it help, him help him out? I try to help him out. I try to help him out, and you know this this is what I get. <laughs> he has to be. Hey, well, let me tell you something. At that Lucha Expo, my my live broadcast stuff was upstairs. I was the only one upstairs. But Fred Gabriel came up. He came on the show and he put you guys both over big time because he said he really didn't start oh, uh, getting uh, really? what he wanted to he, until he, he started actually, training with he you guys. Actually, he actually put me over, huh? Because you know what's kind of funny <laughs> is that he's actually sitting next to me right now. Oh my God! Oh, oh hi. Well, that's good. And yeah, tell him, uh, tell him, uh, we don't worry Bobby, about the coffee. Bobby and uh, Nicolette say hello. Oh, so you can just say hello. <laughs> but you, you know what the funniest part is? Is the pictures that 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 are from there when we had Fred Gabriel on. For some reason, we had the same black shirt on, and he has a beard and short hair. And everybody was like, "It looked like you were uh, interviewing your double or your or your twin or whatever." They said, "You guys should tag team and be together because you you look so much alike." So that's what everybody got out of there. But, anyways, speaking of, of that and, and wrestling against the the uh, Phoenix Star and Zokri, I thought it was a five star match. I thought it was probably the best match out there. So, has now, when you when you say you go to no, well, you know what? Actually, after that, you went to go work for DJ Vols, and I saw that, and I said, man, they're just they're just continuing to move up and move up. So, first of all, tell us how it was working for DJ Vols out there, and then we'll, we'll we'll go from there. Man, DJ, working for DJ Vols was it was dope. You know, uh, I really enjoy working for him. He's uh, he's definitely a five star promoter for sure. Uh, he takes care of us. You know, he flew us in. To, you know, he put us up real nice. He knows how to take care of his talent really well, so yeah. uh, I, I I would like to go there and work there uh, anytime. Yeah, who'd you guys chance. wrestle out there? Uh, we wrestled uh, Chaos and uh, uh, Vadi Morales, who's a guy out of yes. Atlanta. He wrestles out there, uh, Mucha Lucha Atlanta. Yes, I saw I saw a clip from that, and when I when I saw that, I was like, man, yeah, that's gonna be a good match because DJ Vos is real smart about like. 
he when he was on the show, he said the same thing. Like I'll see these guys and go, man, if I put these guys against these guys, it's gonna, you know, it's gonna be a match or whatever. So I knew once you guys went out there, it was gonna be a good match because he knows how to match him up. So now the future. You know, with this COVID-19, you know, nobody's had any shows. Nobody's been working. So as of right now, has any promoters or anybody been getting a hold of you and saying, hey, look, man, we have COVID-19, but, you know, we're, we're working on a show for, I don't know, September or anything, or has everything just been strictly put on hold? You know, uh, this, this this whole situation, uh, I've been, uh, I've already lost out on 33 bookings so far that I've had booked this entire year. Oh, no. And, uh. You know, it's it's been, it's been crazy. Um, yeah. I, you know, I don't know what else to say. It's just the situation sucks. Well, since since that, you know, then I then I read that you and and Mariachi were uh, doing some training at uh, Delo Jiu Jitsu on Fridays. So is that still going? Because now they said that they're going to scale back and start shutting the gyms down. But I think Orange County is on a different on a different level. So as of now, are you still able to train on Fridays, or what's what's going on with that? Uh, so basically, uh, you know, with everything that's going on right now, uh, uh, everything I guess got, got put on hold again because of the whole, I guess, another another lockdown situation. But um, you know, uh, I don't know, I don't know how long it's going to be. You know, we were we were we were on a roll. We had just started we had started training um, about a month ago. So um, you know, everybody was getting their groove back, and everybody's you know you know get trying to work on their conditioning because we haven't been in the ring since March. So uh, everything was going well, and once again everything gets shut down. So um, who knows? Who knows what, what what's going to happen and for how long? But um, if anybody is interested, you know, uh, when when everything is allowed to open up again, they should definitely stop by and uh, hit up a class for sure. Yeah, that's I'm telling you, that's that's good training because you know when when Nicolette started training and I was trying to work with her, it's it when it's a father daughter type of thing, it's kind of hard because I don't want to be too hard on her, but I don't want to be too easy or whatever. So Mariachi happened to be there one day. I said, hey, look, man, can can you help her work on her roles? And I was like, yeah, sure. Bam, we just started getting the roles down and everything. So I was like, man, if they do open up, um, if she's gonna go train, it's better for me to send her over there to train than with me because it's a little bit, you know. Uh, easier or whatever so we definitely look forward to that coming up uh, i saw a couple of pictures from the class even uh paul london was out there helping you out the other night you know yeah paul was he paul uh, stopped by and we had another uh i don't know if you remember him uh el infernal he used to his martin's nephew uh he of course stopped by and uh you know he yeah he, uh, he spread some knowledge on on the class and um it was just pretty cool you know paul doesn't uh hasn't hadn't been around in a while and it was just good to have him uh, stop by and you know tell some stories and help to help the guys out with a little bit of psychology and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, uh, you know Paul's a part of the family, so he's definitely welcome anytime. Absolutely. Well, we look forward to it, man. I, I'm. I think it's going to be they're going to shut it down, and then within a, a three weeks or so they're going to bring it back, and we'll be moving again. So I, I'm praying, man. I'm hoping because I got to tell you, even though I'm like semi-retired. You know, it's been four months. I haven't been able to go to a show, check out nothing. So we definitely hope that everything's going to pass. So for the people listeners, keep stay with the Junior Cholo on his social media. He'll keep everybody posted. Hopefully they'll be back to training pretty soon. That's some good training, so make sure you check it out. Nicolemi, anything uh, before we let little Cholo get out of here? Uh, Cholo, just definitely keep us updated when training reopens and when your next match is going to be. Oh, for sure. You should definitely you should stop by. Uh, tell your pasta, and, you know to bring you down or you come down on your own and uh check out a class and see what you think and uh uh be glad to show you a thing or two uh that yeah. even your pops that i learned from Thank your you. pops from back in the day but, yeah. um, maybe yeah. for sure <laughs> maybe with nicolette marie you can work on the the power bomb on the cement what do you think 
We're gonna we're gonna have to try that on you, bro. <laughs> you gotta you gotta practice what you peach. But anyways, for the people listeners, make sure you check out uh, it's Junior Cholo. You just put that in your little search uh, engine. Uh, he keeps everybody up to date on there, so we can check out when he goes back to getting his bookings and of course the lucha training. Hey, little Cholo, best of luck to you, my friend. Uh, hopefully, we'll see you soon over there in Orange County. Okay. Uh, please, man. Yeah, and if I can really quick, uh, you know, just follow any of my social media, like Dan uh, Favi said, uh, you know, uh, Junior Cholo on Facebook, uh, Little Cholo Zero One on Instagram, and I'd really, really, really appreciate it if you could subscribe to my YouTube channel, uh, YouTube.com backslash Little Cholo Fifteen Zero Three, where you can check out a bunch of matches of myself, the Lucha Homies, and um, a bunch of other stuff. So check it out, and thanks, Favi. Really appreciate it. Fifteen zero three. Absolutely, man. We definitely look forward to it. So for the people listening, I'll make sure I put that up on my social media and talk about it end, at the end of the show. Hey, little Cholo, a million thank yous for coming on. Unfortunately, we're running up against the clock, but we'll definitely keep everything, uh, hopes up and everything, and hopefully everything will be get back to normal as soon as possible because people need Lucha in their lives. Little Cholo, everybody, we'll be right back after this. If you're listening to this and you haven't visited LuchaCentral.com, it's time to do it. LuchaCentral.com is the online home for Lucha Libre, where you can get all of the top news in English and in Spanish. Find the best curated video content and original content not seen anywhere else. Find when Lucha Libre events would be happening in your area. Find photo galleries from top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world. From weekly polls to annual awards. Seen and read by top executives in all of the major Lucha Libre promotions across the globe. And on top of that, it's free. LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. I think we're back on the air, Fabi. Not yet. Yeah, that was just a tad bit low on there, so hopefully we'll be able to get that a little bit louder once we get everything going. So for the people listening to us, you're here. You're at WrestleBoss with Fabi Chuno. Just got finished talking to Little Cholo, talking a little bit about, you know, everybody, Nicolette Marie, asked about Lucha Underground, and it kind of sucks because they they didn't get to have any closure or whatever on that. Everybody that we've had on from Ricky Reyes, who was, uh, well, Mr. Cisco was Little Cholo, but, right. uh, but Ricky Ricky Mandel and all those guys, they said the same thing. They said it just would have been nice to have closure because especially for Ricky Mandel, he was doing the uh, the little Johnny Mundo gimmick and stuff like that. So oh, yeah, I want to talk happened. a little bit about, about that too because I want to talk when we get uh, some time later about Taya. I was telling you how, you know, this – you know, talking stuff over the internet that some guy wrote on here that, that she was too heavy and what happened to her and all that. But of course, she put him in his place real quick. So I'm not worried about <laughs> about her. Because what I look at, you don't mess with. Hey, let me tell you something. We saw her in person over at the uh, Inoki Dojo show, and she wrestled with two local girls against Fabi Apache and two other girls. And I mean, they put on a show. It Taya Valkyrie and Fabi Apache made it look like. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for, Nicole Every men and men and working with 
boys, oh, boys. because they <laughs> they stood out so much. It, I, they didn't even really need the other two girls. Me personally, I think it should have just been um, Taya Valkyrie against Fabia Bachi. Would you agree? Oh, I could totally see that. Yeah, that's probably more of like a um, oh gosh, probably like the crash match, right? Yeah, probably like out there. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that would have been. But they just they were just on a on another level. I mean, just on a huge, different level. That was the second or third time that we've seen Taya Valkyrie wrestle live. And right. even at the Lucha Expo, they put her against uh, uh, what's his name with the with the lollipop in the pants. Oh, uh, Joey Ryan. Yeah, and I think even at the expo before that, didn't she? Uh, she was on the opposite team uh, of uh, Demus. Demus was on the other side. Uh, yeah, she was. That was at the first. At the that and they the put on a yeah. show. That was at the first Lucha Expo. And, and you know what was so and, awesome about that last show we saw at the at Inoki? Um, her humbleness. Uh, this girl pulled up and she got out of her Uber. Her Uber driver stayed in the car, <laughs> and she had and they popped the trunk for her, and she had to get out her own luggage. She waved to the crowd, rolled it in, started getting ready. Yeah. She took an Uber up there and was and was walking right through the crowd, but yep. still put on the show. Has absolutely nothing, you know. If if you don't have a little bit of haterism in your game, you're not doing something right. But I but when I wrote back to her, I wrote people do that. Like I, I use the example: people hate John Cena because they want to be John Cena, and it's the same right. with Taya Valkyrie. They they do haterism on her because they want to be like, or they wish they were Johnny Morrison and that was, you know, their wife or whatever. That's why they do stuff like that. But let's give, uh, switch some gears real quick and give Chris Brown a call. Talk a little bit about the, they, they actually changed his opponent on him with four days notice. So there's a lot of that going on. Hello. Hey, Chris Brown, it's Fabiano. You're live on the radio. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Hey, how's it going? Ah, it's good. It's going good. Real quick for the people listeners, you're here. You're at Wrestle Boss with Bobby Chulo. We're going to be talking to Chris Brown in just a second. And on the line with me, also Nicolette Marie. Nicolette Marie, real quick, say hi to Chris Brown. Hey, Chris. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Good. Thank you so much. <laughs> you know, it's funny because, you know, uh, well, I'm going to talk a little bit about LFA because they switched opponents to you from what I hear at the last minute. But I, I, I was talking yeah. at the opening, Nicolette Marie and I were talking about the King of the Cage days. And yeah. when I started working for King of the Cage, they, they, for lack of a better term, they saw a, a little bit of maturity, I want to say. So they, they kind of said, well, look, we, we would like you to start renting the 12-passenger the van, making sure that the cameraman, uh, you know, have all the equipment that they need in the van, and you get them to the venue, make sure you get them, you know, back to the airport early because they got to be – I'm like, absolutely. So when I started doing that, June, who was one of the cameramen, we were coming back from Albuquerque, and we saw Chris Brown at the airport. And he's saying, man, this this guy can go, man. He goes, this guy's a fighter. He can go. And I'm like, oh, yeah, so we're talking. And I didn't see Chris Brown uh, for a while after that. But then maybe it was a few months after that we had a show in Albuquerque. Right. And uh-huh. it was in the – it was in the uh, at the embassy suite. So I'm going to tell the story real quick, Chris Brown, because I think – I'm pretty sure you weren't aware of it. But everybody from Jackson Wink came. They came to see Chris Brown, John, uh, John Jones, uh Diego Sanchez, you know, everybody was wanted to come and see his fight. So anyways, the first announcement that I have to make is there's no video, there's no still photog- flash photography or whatever, or you will be asked to leave, blah, 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 whatever, right? So Chris Brown, I, he, he, you know, we're doing the, the – his fight was coming up next. So John Jones was about in the third or fourth row. He stands up. 
I get, I'm getting ready to announce Chris Brown, and he puts his, pulls his phone out, and he starts taping. So I make the announcements. I do everything. I get out of the cage. The, the, the promoter, John Judy, comes and goes, hey, man, I'm going to go tell John Jones to put that phone down right now. And I, said, I'm, I said, I'm not going to tell him. I go, you tell him. And he goes, you're the announcer. You tell him. And I go, you're the promoter. You tell him. And he goes, forget it. <laughs> and he filmed the whole thing. Nobody said, and he was standing, too. He was in the third row. So yep. I, he had to be, but not, nobody said one word about that or whatever but uh, on that show going back to that real quick before we continue on it, you know i went and made the announcements and, and that was a fight and it was a that was a knockdown three round drag out fight i mean it was back and forth and they made you know chris work he was hitting with uppercuts and you know but the guy kept was tough so after the fight um john winkle john comes up up to me and he said, "Man, that kid made Chris work." And I said, "Yeah." I said, "But he, you know, he got the decision." He said, yeah, but fights like that are good for him because it keeps him on his game and it keeps him knowing that you know I got to stay in shape and I got to be ready because you never know who you're gonna fight. Do you, do you remember that at all? That that uh, fight, Chris? Yeah, that was that fight. I almost died after that fight. <laughs> oh no! I was so I was so dehydrated when uh. Cause I was supposed to go back in the back and take the drug test, and on the way in the back, like I basically collapsed. I was laid out on the floor, like I was like throwing up. They had to come give me IVs. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I remember that thing. But like he, like yeah. he said, it was it was good for you because it made you, you know, pushed you to the limit, you know, and you, and you, you know, you passed with flying color. So that's, I, I never forgot that because I thought, yeah, man, you know, he did, he had to work and, you know, to get that victory. And Winkle John was saying, yeah, it's good. for yeah. So then you just, you just steadily progressed from there. So when I announced that I was, you know, that I was going to put you on, I always read the emails and the messages and stuff like that. And, and somebody, uh, sent me a, an email and it said, you know, when you have somebody like Chris Brown on, he, he's smart. And I'm like, okay. And he goes to, to up his game. If he's going to train at Jackson Winkle, John, the people that they have there, in other words, iron sharpens iron. And that's why he's, you know, he's getting up there. Now, you know, of course, when you're working out over there, you know, you're going to have good sparring and stuff like that. But for the people listening to us on WrestleBoss, tell us a little bit about that. I mean, you, you know, talking about being challenging up in your game, it's got to be every day for you over there, right? Oh yeah, definitely. Like uh you know, all the people that uh that I've trained with, like when I first joined the gym, uh, I was like kinda starstruck because, you know, my favorite fighters that I grew up watching were right there in the gym. Like I remember the first time I walked in the gym and saw Andre Arlovsky, like he's yeah. my all time favorite heavyweight. So, you know, I used to watch him in high school. So the first time I walked in and I seen him and I was like, man, this dude's scary. Like, he's <laughs> like, he doesn't seem yeah. like he's approachable. Well, yeah. you know, he's got a great heart. Like, when you actually, you know, get to know him a little bit, you know, and then um, I got to spar with him and stuff like that. That was true. Like, he hurt me one day because his big ass fell on me yeah. <laughs> when we were grappling. Because <laughs> uh, people well, don't realize when I first got to the gym, I was, I was fighting at like 185, but then I yeah. started cutting down because uh, Derek <laughs> Brunson was like, "Nah, you need to go down to 170." And then yeah. I went down to 170, and Wink's like, "I want you to be a 55er." <laughs> so I went, I was killing myself to get down to 55. Uh huh. Because I walk and around that- like now, I walk around about 190. 
Okay. And so it was just, you know, going in there, like, especially they just threw me right in when Cowboy was still at the gym. You know, I was getting thrown into camps with him and Sheldon Westcott and Kyle Noak. Like, I was spending time with all these, uh, you know, these UFC fighters that I had been watching. And, you know, this threw me right in the mix. So it was constantly having to evolve, like, going from getting beat up to beating people up, just uh, just that constant, like, just throwing right in the fire, the iron shopper's iron, because uh, yeah. I had to adapt and get better. or Because uh, I didn't want to – I'm too competitive to let myself get beat up all the time. So it was just grinding, grinding, grinding to, you know, I could get up there with those guys. Yeah, you have no choice but to up your game because if not, you're gonna get you're gonna get laid out. But you know something else that was interesting that that, that we've been finding out because you know with with the UFC since they had been fighting at the Performance Center, the 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 ring was was shortened like by about five feet, and to me yeah. it seemed like it was a different fight, man. It's like you have nowhere to run or nowhere to hide. But yep. on the show, I was telling people, especially that one, we we had different cages. So we had a big cage when we do like the big arenas, but the cage for like that, for like the embassy suites, that's the small yeah, cage. There nowhere is absolutely, to run. <laughs> yeah, there is, there is you no back up here against the cage. <laughs> yeah. You, you turn around and they're right there. So you have no choice. So, you know, being in a small cage like that, tell us about that. It does make a difference, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, just, um, cause you constantly have to engage because there isn't anywhere for you to move around. Uh, like I said, you take a couple steps back, you're against the cage. So yeah. it, it forces you to keep the action going, trying to keep that middle. Uh, you have to be aware of where you are because fighting's always like being, you know, having spatial awareness. But it's even like uh, more important there because like, uh, you know, certain techniques can only be used in certain areas of the ring. So you have to right. be cognizant of where you're at at all times. And so it's like constant action, constant pressure, like you're not going to have too many like slow fights of people just moving around like they have to engage. Yeah, I've I've seen it. I've seen many a fights in that small cage and I've seen many a fights in the big cage and man, some of them are just like, man, there is no one to turn around and run. You're right there. And it made for good fights. I mean, I've seen some fights that were just unbelievable and I, I think that makes a big difference. But anyways, you know, Chris has since moved on, but real quick for the people listeners, you're here. You're at WrestleBoss with Fabi Chula. I got Nicolette Marie with me and we're talking to Chris Brown. Chris Brown, big fight coming up for LFA. It's LFA 85. It's July 17th. It's in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. It's uh, going to be live on Fight Pass, which is kind of cool. We had Ed Sorres on here, and we talked about that because me personally, I liked when it was on Access because I was like, you know, hey, uh, the, the, this gives these guys some exposure. You could turn that, that yeah. TV on on Fridays, and it gives them a lot of exposure. You know, they don't have to buy a pay-per-view or whatever. They're just there. He said, yeah, but when we moved to Fight Pass, that's got the notoriety of the UFC and people, you know, they're like, dude, I'm going to watch this on Fight Pass or whatever. So we, that's what we were working for. Since I've been start doing this and starting this since the beginning, we're going on like almost 17 years now because, I, you know, I see – from from the perspective of you guys, because like we talk a lot about, they they just see the finished product. But when I started working for King yeah. of the Cage, I yeah. see those guys come in on on weight, you know, weighing days, and you know they're they're trying to cut those last two pounds. And then if this guy doesn't make it, you know they got to talk to him and they got to redo the contracts. And then this guy might have to wait another hour. I mean, it's just a lot that goes into it. You don't just sign a waiver and get in that cage. So 
That's what we've been trying to do is get the exposure so that that place can get packed so that you guys can get paid, you know, because we see it from that standpoint. So now moving to LFA and, you know, going to be on Fight Pass, going to be some great exposure and stuff like that. So tell us a little bit about that. I mean, just like Ed Soros, contact your managers and say, hey, you know, we got to fight for you. Or how did you get involved with LFA? Um, This will be my third fight for LFA that I actually showed up for. Um, before I got on there, the first fight when I fought, um, I think it's when I fought the Odawal, um, in yes. Atlanta, uh, it took them like a year to match me because we had been, my manager had been talking to them for, for about a year at that point, And like, it just could never, you know, come to fruition because, uh, if you know, like, you know, follow my career, like people don't want to fight me. So yes. it was just so hard for them to get somebody because they have been trying to get me like to fight in Arizona and and Michigan. They were trying to get me to fight in Atlantic City. They were trying to yeah. fight all all over the in Nebraska, all over the country, wherever they were having cars. They were trying to get me a fight because they wanted me on there, but they could never. Um, uh, Odawal was the first person that actually stepped up and took the fight uh, because uh-huh. he was having trouble getting fights. Um, so. It was great exposure, uh, you know, because at first they were on Access. Uh, the first fight we had was on Access TV uh, over right. there. So that was great exposure. You know, anybody could uh, tune in. Like, it was open to everybody. But uh, moving over to Fight Pass, um, it's not as accessible, but you getting looks at from, you know, the UFC brass. The top people are actually right. looking at this. So, that, you know. That that does just put you in a whole different uh, you know pool. So yeah, uh, Be- I was very because- thankful for that one. Uh, it was very you know big difference. Yeah, I'm not buying the the ESPN because I have so many and I pay so much in cable. But the UFC Fight Pass for sure. Because not only do they have LFA and they have the fights, they have like the, the jiu-jitsu tournaments and, you know, stuff like that. So there's yeah. like a lot on there. So I think pe- a lot of people do buy that a lot more. So that's definitely cool. I mean, you're definitely going to be getting the exposure that you need there. Now, so what happened? I just read as I was getting ready to go on the air that, that your opponent pulled out. So they're bringing – they actually found another opponent for you on, what, four days' notice? <laughs> Um, yeah, on four days notice. So basically <laughs> on Sunday night, um, one of, uh, my friends who's a reporter, he was, uh, getting ready to do a write up for fight book MMA. And he calls me and, oh, well, he sends me a message on Facebook. like, Hey, what's up with your fight? But he had spelled fight wrong. I was like, what's up with your ride or something <laughs> like that. And I was like, I was like, what? He was like, your fight. I'm like, what about my fight? He's like, it's canceled. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? So he sends me, so he sends me the, um, the, a picture of the cancellation on topology. And I was like, whoa, this is the first time I've heard of this. So, uh, so I was like, well, let me call my manager real quick. So I called my manager and he's like, yeah, uh, I didn't want to tell you, but yeah, the guy pulled out already, but LFA, they're looking for a replacement because they, they're saying that it's a, it's a priority that they have to match me because I guess they have a certain number of fights that they're supposed to have on the card right. uh, with their contract. So they had to find a replacement or it was going to throw off their stuff. So they, uh, 
So Sunday night, that's what we were talking about. He was like, all right, I'm going to call you tomorrow. He's like, I'm calling them, and uh, I'll let you know. So I woke up the next morning, and uh, I got up, and I went for a run. I went for a run, and when I got back from my run, um, uh, I found out that they had found a replacement. So I was just like, oh, man. Like, because usually that's not how it goes down. Like, in (laughs) my career, they usually – I'm used to people always pulling out. They pull out at the weigh-ins. They pull out days before. Like, I'm I'm so used to it at this point. Uh, So it was – I was very excited to uh, actually not have to waste this training camp. And they did – were able to find someone to come and step up. Yeah, and and so it's uh, Ignacio – Bajamontes that that stepped up to fight you. Now, are you familiar with this guy at all, or just is the first you're hearing of him? Or uh, it was the first I'd ever heard of him. So you know, uh, <laughs> we, <laughs> so uh, but when my manager, I didn't look him up or anything. All my manager did was send me a picture of him, and uh-huh. I was like, awesome. That's all I said. I was like, cool. He's like, this is our guy. He sends me the picture. I'm like, cool. I was like, I that's all I needed to know is that they got someone to show up. So, uh, but you know, it, I didn't. It's, even, it's funny that you say that because, you know, there's there's so much time at the weigh-ins and, and everybody's just talking and just hanging out or whatever. And I was talking to um, uh, John Judy, who was the matchmaker for, for King of the Cage back there, and he said, you know, the guys nowadays, they don't watch so much film and, and do, oh, this guy's a jiu-jitsu guy, so I got to – he goes, they worry about themselves. They stay in shape. They work all facets of the game. He goes – because a lot of guys can get called for a title fight with the week's notice or yep. a few days' notice. He goes, so everybody, you know, nowadays they're training, they're working everything, they're staying in shape, they're staying, you know, as as close to weight as possible, so they don't have to cut a lot. So to me, that's what I'm talking about. Because see, look at just like that. I mean, I've seen, especially at King of the Cage, guys get title shots with four days' notice or whatever. So like yeah. we were talking about it would behoove them to stay in shape. So that's why we're talking to Chris Brown because he's you know, he's training, he's ready, and since that's happened to him quite a few times, you've got to keep yourself in shape and be ready at, at all times. Right, Chris? Right, exactly. And uh, that's why they didn't even want to tell me that the fight that the guy had pulled out because they're like, uh, <laughs> uh, Wink, especially Wink, him and my manager, they conspire against me. They don't tell me nothing unless it's a lot, unless they have to tell me. Because uh, yeah. Wink's, I was like, yeah, he didn't tell me. And Wink's like, yeah, I know. I didn't want you to go have a beer or nothing. So we just don't, we just want you to believe that the fight's still going. Because they, 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 they like to trick me. Like, yeah. Coach Wink's hey. like, he always lies to me about uh, what time something is. He's like, oh, show up yeah. at this, like, whenever we have, like, a fight, uh, the press conferences and stuff. He'll lie to me about what time it is. So I show up early. <laughs> yeah, oh my yeah, he's smart. He's smart. Well, I, you know, because he knows how I am. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm happy that you, that you know, that you, that you're in the LFA down, that you're moving up, and you know, he, he, Chris is one of the guys that's always training and very hungry to get to that next level. So for the people listeners, don't forget, check it out. It's gonna be on Fight Pass. It's LFA 85. It's uh this Saturday, July 17th. Uh, it's gonna be Friday. Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Is that Friday? Friday. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Friday night. So it's Friday, July 17th. So make sure you check it out. Uh, he's going to be fighting Ignacio Bajamontes. Um, hey, man, best of luck to you for sure. Hopefully, I'm, I'm going to get down to Albuquerque once all this COVID stuff is over because I love John Judy and, and working out there. I, I've been everywhere with King of the Cage. But yeah, John Judy's good people. I talked to him the other day. Well, he's smart because, you know, they were saying, oh, 
were saying, oh, they have this this uh, big rivalry with Fit NHB and Wink John, and, and John Judy would tell me, I don't even listen to that. He goes, because I don't care where you're from. If you're a good fighter, I'm going to put you with this guy and make – Yeah, and he was, uh, he's uh, really good uh, about that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because I, I, I miss with days, everybody, man. but yeah. he was, uh, he's always been like trying to be neutral about it. And because uh, me, me and him have a great relationship, because he put me on a lot of those King of the Cage. Those were how I, yeah. I was getting my first opportunity to get exposure. And we yeah. were both wrestlers, so we we had that connection. And he's always showed me love, and we, he continues to show me love. Yeah, and he's a, he he knows that if you're a good fighter, he don't care where you're from. He's gonna put you because it's gonna make a good a good fight. So, anyways, yeah. Chris, the best of luck to you, my friend. For the people listening, make sure you check it out. It's Friday the seventeenth. It's gonna be on UFC Fight Pass. I'm gonna check it out for sure, and hopefully we can have Chris back on talk a little bit about that. So, Chris, good luck to you, my friend, and we'll talk to you again real yeah, soon. Yeah, good luck, right, Chris. We look forward to your fight. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me on. All right, Chris Brown, everybody, make sure you check out the fight. We'll be right back. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. If you're listening to this and you haven't visited LuchaCentral.com, it's time to do it. LuchaCentral.com is the online home for Lucha Libre, where you can get all of the top news in English and in Spanish. Find the best curated video content and original content not seen anywhere else. Find when Lucha Libre events would be happening in your area. Find photo galleries from top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world. From weekly polls to annual awards. Seen and read by top executives in all of the major Lucha Libre promotions across the globe. And on top of that, it's free. LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. You are listening to the Lucha Central Podcast Network. And now, WrestleBot with Bobby Chulo. I think it was Jim Stranger that was trying to call in because uh, he wanted to talk a little bit about wrestling. But if, it, if you're still out there, man, you can call back. I'm so, I didn't pick it up because we were talking, you know, to Chris, and he was on a roll, man. You could, uh, Nicolette Murray, can you tell how hungry that dude is? Oh, totally. Yeah, I, I don't know. Have I ever seen him fight before? I don't think so because the, the two times that I've seen him fight, it's been for King of the Cage, and I've went out there. You know, he hasn't fought okay. out here because usually they do him in Ontario when they have the big fights. So I don't think they brought him out when – and then he's just moving, you know, so fast, you know, that he went straight to, to LFA after that. And like he said, he's had a hard time trying to get fights. People don't want to fight him or they'll back out at the last minute or, you know, what cause that's happened before. At King of the right, I've seen, Some, oh, I've, yeah. I've seen guys go to weigh-ins and see their opponent and go, I'm not fighting. And they, <laughs> they leave. So – with King of the Cage, they would book up to 22 – I've seen as many as 22 fights booked, and I've seen them go down to almost seven, depending on, oh, on no. what's happened at the weigh-in. So that's what happens. Some people don't make weight. Some people, you know, it's, it's, it's weird. They don't make the contract right, or they see their opponent and they leave. Because you've been with us many times to, to Las Vegas when we've had the fights oh, out yeah. there. And I, I even tell – when. When my wife and, and daughter would go, I'd say, okay, the weigh-ins are at 7 o'clock. Don't come down till about 7.30, quarter to 8. 
And they go, what? And I go, if we can get somebody on that scale by 7.30, I will be a happy man. And nine times out of 10, 7.45, 8 o'clock, we start those weigh-ins because there's so much going on and getting everybody settled and, and you know, with the commission and all that. It takes forever, right, uh, Nicolette? Oh, it does. Bobby, when he was talking about that uh, Cowboy was training at the gym, is that Cowboy Cerrone? Yeah, that's, he used to train out of Jackson Wink until he, oh, who really has cool. the, he who has the record for the most uh, fight bonuses opened up his own place. And he actually called it the, I think he called it the BMF Ranch or whatever. Oh. So I don't know if that's where they got the BMF belt from, but that, you know, he moved out there. And it's like they were saying, uh, you know, Fit NHB, where they're at, uh, Jackson Winklejohn was way down the street or whatever, and they moved directly on the other block. From NHB, so they said, "Oh, it's it, it's a big uh, rivalry in NHB versus Jackson Wink." And so when I asked John Judy that, he's like, "No, man, I'm I don't have no beef with. If you're a good fighter, I'm putting you on this show." And that's exactly oh, what happened with Chris Brown. But at that fight, he, I mean, he got put to the test. This kid just kept coming, so Chris had to keep fighting, and he had to. That's why he was so dehydrated. He must have thrown easily over, I don't know, maybe 200 punches in, in that fight because wow. he was just. Constantly punching, and then uh, and John when he like punches, uh, it landed. Yeah, he was. I oh mean, they were, it, well, the guy he fought was from the um, uh, the Mexican team that they bring over. I think from Juarez or something like that. Which mm-hmm. again, that's why John Judy is so smart. I have a picture with those guys. I was so happy because they brought the whole team and they the, all they brought all the Mexican colors and everything. And uh, I saw his opponent the next day at the hotel before we were we we're getting ready to catch the shuttle. And he was, I mean, swollen and black eyes and everything, but he was the most happiest dude on earth. He was like, Aww. man, just to come out here and fight and stay at this nice hotel and go swim in the pool. He was like the happy, he could care less that he was, you know, beat up from, from but it, but he, he put on a good fight. He put on a good show and gave the people their money's worth. So I haven't been back since then, but it was really, John Judy is very smart as far as him and you know, Arlene Sanchez is the boxing coach over there. And they, um, uh, they know what to look for. So there was some really good knock- knockdown drag and out so fights. And so they are the matchmakers? Well, John Judy is the promoter and the matchmaker. Okay. And Arlene Sanchez is the uh, – no, uh, Tom Vaughn is the promoter. And okay. John Judy is the matchmaker. Uh, Tom Vaughn, uh, he's uh, Tim Tim Means, Tim Dirty yeah. Bird Means. Who's Tim Dirty fighting, Bird Means, yeah. Yeah, he's fighting, I believe, in August for UFC. That That's his manager, and he's the promoter for King of the Cage out there. But they ended up – uh, moving Tom Vaughn to the whole, um, like almost the East Coast promoting for King of the Cage. He has like from Albuquerque all the way to like Niagara Falls, New York. He covers all that territory. Wow, so good he's, for him. He's always busy. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I, unfortunately, I haven't been working for them for a while, but when I was, it was cool because stuff like that, I got to see Chris Brown, you know, fight. I got to, to call Ronda Rousey's first. Uh, pro fight at King of the Cage. I remember. remember that, Nicolette yeah. Marie. For for the people listening to us, I got called at the. It was only my second job working for King of the Cage, and I got called, and I didn't even know who Ronda Rousey was. But you know, Giovanni Varela, who we had on here, him and Gokor, and all them were, were there, and I knew them from the radio show. And they said, "Hey, this girl is bad, man." I'm telling you, and I was like, "Oh." But Nicolette Marie, for the people listening to us on WrestleBoss, can you divulge? This is when I first took you, and. uh my wife to the weigh-ins and the weigh-ins were the day before. And we were talking about, you know, what goes on. So can you kind of 
uh, tell the people a little bit what went on. She was going to fight Ediana Gomez. I'll never forget it. And they were fighting back and forth because Ediana was going to be four pounds overweight. You remember? She was, yes. Yeah. And uh, it was going to be four pounds overweight due to a water weight issue, which for anybody knows is something that comes one time a month. <laughs> and uh, Rhonda are like that's when like if you know Rhonda now she has like that straight like resting face and she was just so mad and we thought like that a fight was going to break out so yeah. this was before like how Fabi was saying he has to make that announcement where it's like put your phones away and everything so you could still take your phone out so we kind of like took our phones out and we were kind of like there's going to be a fight because like Rhonda wasn't giving up she yeah, was you had mad. a slide phone back then didn't oh you? yeah I did and but um, she but you're you're watering it down because they were, she came up to her, her with her manager and, and told Rhonda, I, I can't fight. I can't lose any more weight. I'm on my period. I'm holding one. And Rhonda stands up to her, I'm on my period too. And that's no excuse. And they were in each other's face. So yeah, we were just yeah. looking at it like, what? And, and I turned around and Nicolette's taping with her little slight one. I was like, you better put that away. And she's like, what? what? So they, they went back and forth. So Rhonda had to drink, uh, there's eight pounds to a gallon. So she had to drink a half a gallon of water to move up in weight because the commission wasn't going to let them fight. So she was going to lose money. And, and so she got paid. She had to, to drink a half a gallon of water to come up in weight to, so that they would be even. So she got 20% of the other girls check. And then she wiped her out in probably, it was about a minute and a half. I mean, she dug oh, her yeah. hips and flipped her over and she was done. That was in the Valley. We were way out there and in, in almost by, uh, way out there, but, uh, Calabasas, way out there in the valley. But anyways, so that that was the, the first taste of Nicolette Marie getting to see what happens at the weigh-ins, and it happened to be right. with Rhonda. And and back and what then, a great first experience. Exactly. You, I mean, talk about throwing throwing you into the deep end. That that's what happened, and it was pretty cool because Rhonda was real cool with us. She she came on my other show a couple of times, and uh, when we had the, the shop in Vegas, she would come by, and we had her and Misha Tate right before they fought for the belt. But it, the trend that I see Nicolette Marie before we talk a little wrestling before we get out of here, um, they, when they're hungry, and it's kind of like this with the pro wrestlers. I'm, I don't want to put anybody out there, but you know, like well, guys like Brody King. And all them I understand because they're they're out there in Ring of Honor and stuff like that. And I, I call him all the time, say, "Hey, bro, let's get you on." He's like, "Oh, bro," but at least he's cool about it. He's like, "Oh, you know, I got this going on, and I don't know if I can or whatever." So it, it's kind of hard to get them. But at the beginning, she was very hungry. Ronda Rousey was one of the when when Maestro and I were doing the, the radio show for Tap Out, and then we moved over to Sinister, and then we moved over to On the Mat. We would say that the live broadcast is at ten o'clock. If we got somebody there by 11, we would be happy. And what would happen was we'd only have till 12 o'clock, and they'd all bunch up at 11 o'clock. So we're trying to get them 15 minutes to get them out of there. Rhonda, when we got to the shop, the shop didn't open till 10. We got there at 940, and she was waiting for us. And she's like, wow. what's up, man? And I'm like, uh, you know, we're not used to people being here on time. She said, well, how long is it going to take you to set up for 15 minutes? She said, okay. So I think she was shopping for uh, – they had those – Affliction bikinis or stuff like that. So she's all, she's telling uh, the owner, hey, uh, I would like to say, oh, yeah, take whatever you want or whatever. And she's like, all right, cool. So she luckily, she was able to try on stuff while she waited for us to to get set. And then she came on and she was real, real cool. I'll put up the picture, uh, Nicolette, from when she took, we had a Santa Claus all set up. Yes, I remember. And didn't she she used to bring her mom? Yeah, well, her mom, we got separate. Her mom, we got separate at a, she did a judo seminar at Gracie Barra Corona. And I was talking oh, to okay. to the people from there earlier, and that's where we met her mom. And awesome, she brought us a book that was signed by Rhonda. Real cool. She threw Sergio probably two or three times. 
I mean, she dug oh, okay. her hips in it just, it was awesome. So, so the point I'm trying to make is, you know, at the beginning, they're hungry and they want to get out there and she would always call in, you know, and then once they get to a certain point, you don't hear from them anymore. But John Delo, my jujitsu coach and the person that I trained with for quite some time, he always told me, he goes, dude, I'm telling you, you're going to catch him on the way down. You'll always catch him on them. And there's a few. I never thought I was going to get Tito Ortiz on the air because, you know, he was always blowing me off. And, you know, he wanted X amount of dollars to come on. And when I was interviewing Jason Perillo, his his uh, boxing coach, Tito was there. And she was like, let me talk to him. Let me talk to him. And he got on the phone. And that was, not, that was right before he fought Alberto Del Rio. And I was Ooh. always talking stuff about you. Like, oh, he's never going to come on. He's such a, such a punk. And, I, and then he came out. Tito, how you doing, man? How are you? I was so, <laughs> so nice to him. So anyways, we're talking a little bit about that. Uh, Nicolette, should I tell him the story about, about the signing that they, that they did in Vegas when he was with uh, Jenna Jameson? Jenna Jameson, right? Yeah, that was at the Hooters Hotel and Casino, correct? Yeah, because well, yeah, he used to have a, a punishment athletics store inside Hooters. So he, we, we came and did a live broadcast from there uh, for tap out and we never had to worry about guests for tap out because the people were asking us and we had a bunch of fighters on there. We had a great time. So we were going to wrap up. So the manager from Hooters comes up and says, Hey, Tita, Tita, Tito and Jenna are going to do a signing here in about an hour. I go, yeah, I saw it out there. She said, well, why don't you wait? We'll we'll get him on here. I said, he's not going to come on. And she goes, well, look, why don't you guys head over to the restaurant, eat, you know, it's all on me, whatever you guys want to eat. So I was like, cool. So we went to eat. We sat there. By the time we finished eating, it was about maybe 45 minutes or so, and went back. The line went from the back of the shop all the way through the casino, looped around, went to the pool, and looped back around almost out the casino. It literally had to be, I would say, at least maybe 400 people or more. I'm, I'm taking a, a wild guess. Wow. It could have even been a lot more. And most of them had Jenna stuff with them oh, yeah. and, you know, she was she was in her prime but they did have some tito stuff so so we go and we we, we go back to our, our our table and stuff and we have all the setups and he comes in they came we're about maybe 20 minutes late and he walks in and the manager tells tito hey tito the guys are here from the radio station can you um do about 50 and he looked at us and just kept right on walking <laughs> Oh didn't even say anything just kept right on so we looked at it and said we told you said, oh okay well we tried so they ended up signing forever I mean they there was a lot of people there but no big deal we, we shut down you know whatever because we had got plenty so that just you know he didn't even wasn't even worried about promoting his product or whatever because he was so hot back then he just walked right by us so the point I'm trying to make is once he was fighting Alberto Del Rio he was cool he came on and talked about you know weight cutting and and all that uh-huh. stuff. So, like Delo said, you eventually you'll get him. So that that's just a little story right there that we did actually get him on or whatever. So, anyways, that's neither here nor there. But real quick for the people listeners, you're here. You're at Wrestle Boss with Fabi Chulo. We just got finished talking to Little Cholo. We got finished talking to Chris Brown. His big fight coming up. We're talking a little bit about you know some of the MMA fighters, Tito Ortiz and Ronda. You know when they're first coming up, how hungry they are, and you know want to get on and stuff like that. So we'll, hopefully we'll, we'll start. With this COVID-19 going around, Nicolette Marie, it's hard yeah. for me to get yeah. out because a lot of the dojos are shut down. Because what I do is I go over there, and I'm like, right. hey, man, you know, we got a show. We'll promote your dojo. We'll promote your fights. And they're like, heck, yeah, man. But since everything's closed down, it's hard for me to get over there. Right, so I agree. We're gonna, yeah, we're going to work on that. We're going to try to get them over there. But anyways, real quick, before we get out of here, okay, okay. I, I, okay. I 
the, the thing I'm looking to most forward to, and I ha- didn't get a chance to ask Nicolette Marie what she thinks. Tomorrow, you know, AEW is going to be on. They're they're promoting and they're they're talking John Moxley against Brian Cage, and that's going to be the big fight. That's cool. But for me, I'm I'm looking forward to Cody Rhodes against uh, uh what's his name again, Jessica or Nicolette? Uh, Sony Kiss. Correct. Sony Kiss. I'm looking. For, I think that's going to be the sleeper. I think I didn't think Chris Jericho against. Orange Cassidy was going to be any good, and that turned out to be the sleeper. I was surprised. So I'm going on record right now saying Sony Kiss against Cody Rhodes is is going to be the, the sleeper for this show. I hope I'm not wrong because I don't want to be wrong, but I, hey, I would this much like the rather. The first time in history they're going to wrestle each other. Yes. In AEW history, yeah. Okay. It is, and and Sony Kiss came out in Lucha Underground a few times too. You know. You know, I don't know. I'm a little mixed up, and I don't know if they're the same person, but uh, Exolicious. Saint Sinclair. Right. Yeah. Are those the same? Is that the same two people? I, I, I believe so. Because okay. when I saw him at EWF, and I remember, albeit vaguely, mentioning something about Lucha Underground. He's going to that a party a wild, or something, right? Yeah, that was a wild night all the, all the way around. Okay. Just, the, the way they were talking in that locker room, I mean, I can't even begin to talk about it on the air. But awesome wrestler, cool person, I think has a future. I think if done right, I think they can really, really uh, make Sony Kiss just blossom into a heck of a wrestler. I think because when you, you know, we talk about exoticos and stuff like that. There's a certain uh, type. When you see like Rudy Gardenia and people like that in CMLL, they can wrestle. They can go. They have that exotico gimmick, but they can wrestle. And that's how this uh, Sony Kiss is in AEW. He's got the exotico gimmick down, but he can go, man. He can, he's got, he's got the moves like Jagger. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. I highly doubt that Sony Kiss is going to go over on Cody Rhodes for the belt, but nonetheless, it's going to, it's going to be a show. It's going to be a good match. I agree. And I am, I am 99.9% positive that Brian Cage is going to take that belt from John Moxley. But when they gave him the FTW belt, I'm thinking, well, they might want to make a run with that. So I don't know, but I'm, I would, okay, we'll, we'll pose this question to Nicolette Marie. Would you rather see John Moxley hold that belt or would you rather see Brian Cage? Ah, uh, Brian Cage. Yeah, he, only because he can go. You know what I mean? He can work right. with the Lucha guys and he can, you know, although, okay, right before he left WWE, they put John Moxley against Apollo Crews. And you can see in, in Moxley's eyes that he was just so overwhelmed. I mean, you could just, because, you know, he, I guess he knew, you know, I'm, I'm going over in this mess, but I mean, it was like, we were talking about Taya Valkyrie. It was like a man among boys. Apollo Cruz was hitting him with drop kicks that were literally almost over his head. I mean, the way that guy moves, hitting him with moonsaults and you could just see in John Moxley's face, like, Oh my God. And then boom, it was over. So with it. so wow. uh, since that day, I was like, man, this this is John Moxley knows what's up. So you know, you know too, probably, I know that later on you're going to speak about the whole um, Taya Valkyrie thing about how somebody body shamed her. And I yes. I recently read on Exolicious Twitter, uh, he kind of posted like this note size screenshot that I guess that people are picking on him because he's gay and he's going to wrestle yeah. Cody Rhodes. I I didn't get to read the full story, but that's terrible though. Yeah, the, you know that, but they. Well, just like the girl from Japan that ended up committing suicide, yeah. that's that's gonna happen, you know, because like just like I said before, people people are gonna do that because they want to be in that position, you know Somebody what I mean? They want to be in with Cody exactly. Rhodes, yeah. I, I would die to wrestle Cody Rhodes on AEW, 
So that's where everybody wants to be. So the course are going to, that's what they have to pick on about or whatever, but don't even listen to it. Sony kids. I think you're going to do well. There's always going to be haterism out there. So don't even pay attention. Why your body shaming Taya Valkyrie is beyond me. There must be something wrong in your life that you have to do that. Because not, not only is she, okay, Nicolette Marie, we talk about paying dues. Nobody's paid more dues than Taya Valkyrie. She, you know, she lived in Mexico for so long. She worked with, with you know, all the guys from Tijuana that, that are good wrestlers, even the Rey Mysterio Sr., people like that. When you're committed that much to your craft, it, 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 you know, you're going to be good, right? Oh, yeah, 100%. Do you remember when we went to the Lucha Expo and we were looking at the merch table and she had this photo of her just with, like, a completely bloody face and we were like, this is interesting. Yeah, that's the one I want. Well, yeah. for the people listening to us at the second Lucha that was in Lucha Expo that was in San Diego, I I would say she had the second longest line. Um, the Lucha Brothers, of course, they they ended up doing them, I think, in the private or VIP section or whatever. But Taya Valkyrie, there was people waiting at her table for her to get there. And, and it took her a while to, to set up and all that. But she had a, a huge line. I think her line was probably anywhere from – 45 minutes to an hour, maybe an hour and a half to wait. So I would say she had the second largest line, and then I would say Tessa Blanchard and Daga had the first. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. And it was so funny because Taya, I don't know if she brought it or if the expo brought it or somebody gave it to her, but she was also taking photos with an Instax Mini, and she was like the only person that thought to do that. Yeah, she was smart. She was smart. And even though she had the longest line, I'm going to say Tessa Blanchard probably made the most money because people were – buying eight pictures at a time at 10 bucks a piece. So yeah. they were putting they were putting out money for Tessa Blanchard. So I think they even had her sign a belt. Yeah. Yeah, they, 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 they you'd be surprised at the stuff people bring for them to to sign or whatever, but she she made money because people were buying her stuff in bulk, not just one or two here and there. So props to her for for doing that. But anyways, Nicolette Marie, I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. I just want to say, you know, thanks for coming on and help me out. It's yeah, good to no talk wrestling. It's good, it's good to have a little cholo on because we all used to, you know, especially back in the day working for WPW, we always used to hang out oh, and have Bobby. a good time. Go ahead. Can I uh, plug something really quick, too? Yeah, go for it. I know that this week, too, because it was kind of hard to get me on the show, you needed a guest, and I was like, I'm super busy this week, but I'm going to definitely try to yes. do it, and I was able to make it. Um, the boys and I, everybody who does not know, I do manage uh, High Risk. Recently, we all started working together. Um, we're working on something. Um, we unfortunately cannot talk about it. But remember, speaking of AEW, these two boys went to AEW. They were on uh, episode Being the Elite, uh, 198. Go check it out on YouTube. And um, Steve kind of gave a spoiler alert, which is on his Instagram. So uh, if you guys can go to his Instagram and go follow it, he is at StevenHFS. And uh, he's kind of giving, like, a sneak peek about, like, what we may be doing in the future. So if you guys go follow him, go check it out. Yeah, and like I said, to the Young Bucks, if you would book the Lucha Homies against High Risk, that would be a heck of a match. So just so putting it the out Lucha there. So the Lucha Homies guys... did wrestle High Risk at uh, AWS. Oh, you're right. You're right. And that uh, was you know... uh, High Risk's uh, debut for AWS. Yeah, maybe we could find that that and put that on, on the social media or whatever. It was pretty cool. They They – they they work well together, so I would like to see that maybe on a on a bigger scale or whatever. So yeah, for the people listening, hey, we got high risk booked for our show. They're gonna go in the main event against Julio Rodriguez and uh, Ruben Iglesias. So as soon as we get the word, I know we got pushed back again. We're gonna make it happen. It's gonna be slam. It's gonna be in L.A. It's gonna be at a church that's got a, a perfect venue, plenty of parking, and all that. So we'll talk a little bit more about that. But 
um, unfortunately for me, you know, I always get to talk and I run up against the clock and I don't have much time. So for the people listeners, big thank you, of course, to little Cholo for coming on. Make sure you check him out. Junior Cholo on, on your, um, social media and of course chris brown good luck to him big fight coming up at lfa he's i'm telling you he's gonna do well he's gonna keep moving up he'll be in the ufc before you know it especially with good training if you're listening to this and you haven't visited luchacentral.com it's time to do it luchacentral.com is the online home for lucha libre where you can get all of the top news in english and in spanish find the best curated video content and original content not seen anywhere else Find when Lucha Libre events would be happening in your area. Find photo galleries from top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world. From weekly polls to annual awards. Seen and read by top executives in all of the major Lucha Libre promotions across the globe. And on top of that, it's free. LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre.